HR After Hours. Well, put me in a dress and call me private dancer, Hannah Hampton. How in the heck are you today? Tina Turner, I get it. Good one. Uh, I'm okay. How about you? You know, I I don't even know anymore. I, I, I actually I take it back. I am good. I'm healthy. Uh, yeah. As healthy as you can be. I don't know about you, but allergy season this year is nuts. Oh, it's uh, terrible. Ta- we've talked about what you know the new normal. Things are going to be different until they're not. Is how we started this seven eight weeks ago, and yeah. then now everyone's using the term new normal for the whatever. new now. The new now. Our original plan was to go back to our old format. Feel like us just trying to jump back into our regular format is like someone going from racing a big wheel to an Indy car because <laughs> we're just now nowhere near ready to make that jump. And honestly, I think the things that are bothering you and I the most, I think we would be supporting that mentality of those that are uh, grinding our gears by acting sure. like. Oh, it's time to go back and act like everything's never happened almost. Mm-hmm. And I think that's insane. Yeah, because we're still dealing with a health crisis. And, um, you know, we have to do our best to work through that while keeping our people safe. Everyone's trying to influence us one way or the other. They're trying to say, yes, it's just time. Let's get back. Let's get the economy going. And others are being like, words, this is all moving too fast already. Well, I think the the ones that want us to just pretend it didn't happen are definitely the most wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone just running back to work to overcompensate for how uncomfortable the last six, seven weeks has been is a, the biggest mistake we could make. So what I really wanted to kind of talk about is calling it this quote unquote transition period and how we as professionals can try to maybe shine a little light on some subjects, make sense of it, but most importantly, try to kind of help people who are just as confused as we are, maybe get in in, in between the right lanes. Am I saying it right? What do you think, Hannah? Um, no, I think, I think that you're, you're saying it right. It's, it's just people having to make Difficult decisions, um, you know, between the business and the people piece of it. And so making sure that we're taking all important points into consideration when making these tough decisions. So let's do a little breakdown. First off, a lot of offices are trying to determine their plan to migrate their teams back in in the office starting as this week. So some people are actually trying to determine who should go back to work first? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you're saying that that's really the second step. Well, the, I think the first question is do you absolutely have to go back right now? I feel the businesses that can successfully work from home should continue to do so. I feel, you know, I had read that Google and Facebook are continuing a work from home model through the end of the year because their people can successfully do their jobs from home where they are able to stay safe. And I think that businesses that can successfully work from home should continue to allow that flexibility of people staying home. I agree again. I feel like I'm your yes man today. <laughs> but I mean, here's what I'm hearing. And I've had some people reach out to me, friends, and uh, we've received some emails 
there are some people, and I've been this person, you, you've you worked with me when I've been in this boat, mm-hmm. where sometimes you start feeling like if you don't go into work, you're putting your job at risk, you know, and some of it, sometimes it's in something in your head, you know, like you start doubting your worth. You start thinking, well, I don't know if, you know, maybe I'm putting myself at risk by not being one of the first ones that wants to go back in. That's who I'm known to be. Mm-hmm. And Hey, that's a whole nother episode, honestly, because we could talk about how we could get out of our own heads and stop being our own worst enemy yeah. and creating, you know, insecurity at work. I mean, the governors are still saying, if you can work from home, work from home, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's an important piece to, to think about. If you can continue to work from home, or if you've got aspects of your business that can continue to work from home, have them work from home. You know, I think it helps with the social distancing, having less people out in public transportation, having less people in facilities, those are all things that can help with the, um, you know, help with the social distancing, having people stay at home. So I feel like really look at your business, really understand if people can stay at home, have them stay at home. And this is where I believe HR really needs to partner with operations. You need to really put that message out. We don't need you to come in yet. You're not mm-hmm. going to be punished or there's not going to be any passive aggressive payoff later that we want you to stay home. Not right. because we don't love seeing your lovely face. We only pull in the people that have to come in. That's all we want to do. And those people that may be needed or that are dearly missed because they weren't coming in before, that doesn't mean they all of a sudden have to jump in and spend 40 to 45 hours in the office. Maybe they need to come in 10 hours. Uh, Maybe some of your IT people can come in and troubleshoot some of the problems and get the data they need from the building and then take it back to their home office. So there's always a way to minimalize the amount of unnecessary time and unnecessary bodies that you have together under one roof. Absolutely. Uh, And then if you are going to have people come in, You really need to make sure you have a social distancing plan and policy that's properly communicated. This is a true story, Hannah Hampton. I know of a company (laughs) that actually had a startup morning meeting Mm -hmm. in a huddle format to discuss their new social distancing policies. Oh, geez. If that doesn't scream Amazon.com, I don't know what does. But you get my point. I mean, that's just. <laughs> so people were huddled close together talking about how they would socially distance. <laughs> that is like an oxymoron or something. You know, that's. um. Or just a moron. Just a moron. Yeah, made there that you go. Call, right? That's uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely I'm against that. If you have to have <laughs> a huddle, maybe do it via Zoom or go to meeting or one of the other ways to do it. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, I'd say that's wasn't the best decision, uh, at all. <laughs> that's right up there with me. That belongs with the ass clowns that were running around last week and everywhere without their masks because they needed their freedom. Cause this is America. This is America. I wear no damn mask if I ain't got it. Cause I'm American. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. There's a lot going on out there in the world. <laughs> Make sure that, you know, you're flexible because right. some things may look great on paper, 
and you try to execute them and they don't work. I recommended a friend of mine who's going back because she's an HR professional and she wants to go in and make sure everyone's doing what they're telling her they're doing on Zoom, but she's not going to go back five days a week, but she's going to go around in offices and mark tape. You know, this is how far you need to stand from the desk when you come in and talk to this person. Taping areas in the break rooms and making sure that they are following the staggered break schedules and things and like that. Like in break rooms and other areas, putting up somewhat, you know, what we used to refer to as sneeze guards, like having big plastic barriers so that if people are somewhat close to one another, there's there's a barrier to keep the spit particles because, hey, it's gross, but it's real. When you talk, you spit. And that's what is spreading the COVID. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that the offices where, hey, you have to come back you should be thinking about doing to keep your people safe, having those masks available for employees, putting up sneeze guards, putting down tape to show the six feet rule, or even even more, I'd say, you know, if you can keep people spread farther apart than six feet, why not do it? Uh, you know, just keeping people as safe as possible. And you mentioned having masks available because there are still areas where people don't have masks yet. My take is honestly, if you can't provide a couple masks for the people you're asking to come back into the office, you're not ready to ask them back in the office. Absolutely. I, I've, I've read stories about people who were provided maybe one mask and then it, you know, d due to the situation they're in, it becomes soaked. Maybe it's through sweat or some other means. And then you know, that it, it, it doesn't work anymore. So if you are in a situation where someone is going to be either in a, in a sweaty situation or doing lots of talking, making sure that they have more of this protective equipment available to them, because here's what happens if, if maybe the mask gets soaked, it gets heavy, you can't breathe through it the way it should be, and then people stop using it. And then that just defeats the whole purpose. So uh, I know it's extra cost, but at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do to keep your employees safe. And I feel like if they feel safe, they're going to feel more confident in coming into work. Whereas if you don't feel like your company is going to keep you safe, and you know, I think that people would be hesitant to want to come in. And my goodness, Anna, you just hit on a huge nugget of wisdom there. You need to communicate to your team all the things you are doing to protect them. Mm -hmm. They need to know that their safety is important to you. You may be doing everything possible and more than anyone can possibly imagine behind the scenes, but this is that, you know how I am about perception, right? Mm -hmm. This is where perception is huge. Absolutely. You need to let your team know. We are doing these things. We're going to continue to seek others' best practices and see if there are things that we can further implement into our policies to keep you safe and healthy. And at the end of the day, if you don't feel safe or healthy, please let us know because people are going to react differently as they start staggering in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think going forward, I, I'm not saying many companies out there, including companies I've worked for or I currently work for, really have made great decisions to take care of their people. 
But there are companies out there that have terrible reputations of uh, treating their people disposable, you know, like they're disposable things or just in, in not human ways. You have to take a step back and look at how you're treating your employees, how you're making them feel and making sure you're doing the right thing. Because there's going to be a lot of people who are scared to come back to work. You know, the, this, this health crisis hasn't gone away. Uh, the reason, you know, we stayed from home, we stayed home is to help flatten the curve. And, you know, some states are opening up. And the reason they're opening up isn't because COVID's gone away. It hasn't. It just means the hospitals are more prepared to take more to take you. There's a bed for you now. And that and that's scary for people to think like, hey, my risk has not gone down. Um, you know, the, the COVID-19 sickness isn't going away. It's just now the hospitals are better, you know, better able to prepare to deal with these people. So it's, um, it's still a scary world out there. And you want to make sure that you're treating people with respect, making them feel safe, making them feel secure and making them feel uh, happy about coming to work. And this is absolutely going way beyond empathy at this point. People are going to react differently when they come back into work. Some people don't even know what they have suffered yet. There are people that are going through depression from this, isolation issues, anxiety, and PTSD. And they're going to get back into the office kind of like their old selves to you, or they may just seem a step off. But there are people that are going to have intense emotional reactions after they come back to work because things are going to sink in and hit them and people are still kind of feel like they're walking around in the twilight zone i guess for lack of a better term i mean sure. it's you can only feel so normal but then you realize you you really don't there that you're your body goes into shock your mind goes into shock it helps you absorb situations so you don't end up under your desk and fetal position right away. I noticed I didn't chuckle after I said that because you may actually find someone under their desk and fetal position at some point sure. because people are feeling overwhelmed, insecure. There are people that didn't get theirs, you know, if they filed for unemployment because they were furloughed. Some people still haven't received any checks at all. I know people in New York that filed six, seven weeks ago mm -hmm. that haven't received a penny. So they are so stressed out financially that they may be coming back to work earlier than they're really mentally capable of, of doing. There's some people that are still worried about their family members that are, you know, in different situations or working in hospitals, et cetera. So you've really got to... Keep an open mind and be ready to help, really help people. Yeah, and I, you know, and this is, I feel like this is an obvious uh, suggestion for the HR group, but, you know, ensure that, that you've got posters about your EAP program and email it out and remind people, put it on your bulletin boards that there is an EAP program available to them and how to use it. You know, that's one of the benefits uh, that is the most underutilized is that EIP program and make sure that you continue to communicate that. I know that I have for my workforce, I've uh, I've sent out a couple of reminders about the EAP program for people to utilize. And I want people to have an, uh, a place where they can reach out and get some additional of that help, you know, on the mental side of things and ensuring that they're taking them care of themselves mentally along with physically. You know, there are going to be companies that will completely reconsider their 
people planning as far as who needs to be in the office in the future. There are some companies that may go 100% remote, 75% Mm -hmm. remote, whatever it is. So those are things that if your company's really looking at different options, you need to make sure your team knows that there's not this hidden expectation, you know, that they're not reading something in between the lines that's not there. Right. Absolutely. For that, one of the things we were going to talk about today, and I want to tease it a little bit because I'd love to get some feedback, yes. is in certain areas, and these are areas where maybe the cost of living's a little lower, like the Midwest, et cetera, there is already rumblings of concerns about getting the uh, furloughed workers to come back because they may be actually making more money after that $600 uh, a week federal addition to their state unemployment, where they're even making more money mm-hmm. staying home versus going back to work. There's, there's a lot of questions about that because the government has announced right now they do not have the manpower to catch those that are staying home when they have an opportunity to get back to work. But they will in the future. So as an HR professional, what's our liability? Are we at risk for not sharing if we know those that are staying at home solely because they're making more than they would coming back to work? A lot of worms in that can that has yet to be opened. Because I think, you know, that the statement of their only reason they're staying home is because they're making more money. Well, that might not be the only reason. What Again, thinking about somebody who is sick or somebody who's got pre you know pre-existing conditions that put them in a risk a risky group if they catch COVID-19 that they are likely to be uh, affected by it in a very negative way and so there's lots that go into that and um gosh that's a, that's going to be a tough that's a tough question to answer so we definitely look forward to hearing from people that are already dealing with or really trying to figure out that issue. Like you said, Hannah, there are people out there that you may not realize are just afraid to come to work. So don't assume they're trying to beat the system. But then there are people out there that just know it's cheaper to stay at home. So that's something mm-hmm. we'll look into to, from a couple different angles. And we yeah. look forward to your feedback in the ma- meantime. Yes reach out to us. I want to hear from you. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, I'm using the Noah Ar- Noah's Ark theory, mm-hmm. Hannah, where mm-hmm. I'm going to let people go out the first week or two and see how it works out for them before <laughs> I step outside. Um, that's, so. uh, that's not a bad idea. I think, you know, and here, here's what I say to people who, you know, who are, are getting stir crazy. And, and, and it is like, it's not fun to not be able to do things in your regular life. But I think about, the people in the military who have for months at a time get deployed into bad situations and they definitely put their life on the line for us, for, you know, for our freedoms. So you can certainly stay indoors a little bit longer to help protect people. So think about it like that too. You know, we're safe in our homes and our comfortable spaces and, have uh, snacks and, and Netflix and all of that good stuff. So, Mick, I totally agree with you in that I'll let other people go out there first and then report back on on how they're doing. <laughs> I, I think, it, yeah, I'm not in a hurry, Hannah. I'm going to. I'm not either. As a matter of fact, I've, there's a new show on Hulu right now created by one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty that I'm going to binge watch this week. So I'll have more to say about that next week. Everyone stay safe, be good, and be kind. Take care, people.